we should deliberately get ourselves triggered to do our best work. I'm going to talk about that in this episode, this idea of deliberately getting yourself triggered, which means to uh, put things in place, to set up projects, to set up tasks, set up your environment, set up your life in such a way that it compels you to be the best you can be, to have an emotional reaction, but to do that in a good way so that it motivates you and compels you and allows you to bring almost forces, but I don't really like the word force, but but just really compels you to bring the best you to the project. Now, we're all pretty familiar with this term triggered. It it, it probably in the last five, 10 years, we've heard it more than usual. Uh, you know, social media, people are talking about things that offend them. And <laughs> there's people who get triggered. I think there's kind of a, maybe a subset of the population that tends to get triggered more than others. And they like to let you know that they have been triggered. And maybe they use that as kind of their argument for I don't know, social train, uh, social change, or just trying to uh, maybe, uh, you know, it kind of ties into cancel culture and all this kind of stuff. But I'm, in this episode, talking about triggered in a good way, in a non-pejorative way, how we can get triggered so that it compels us to do our best work. So let's start with the first point, which is getting triggered means what? It means someone experiences a strong emotional reaction to a particular stimulus or event, right? So humans obviously experience strong emotions. You can imagine someone facing a significant life change. You know, it could be uh, maybe a diagnosis or, you know, they just came out of an operation or they go through a breakup maybe with a loved one, whatever it is. Uh, people experience betrayal and deception. Maybe they survive some kind of traumatic event. Maybe it's a car accident. Humans experience strong emotions. It doesn't have to be anything that uh, traumatic either. It could just be like someone bumping into you in uh, uh, a grocery store or something and, uh, and, and kind of having a reaction. I mean, we're human. If you are human, you definitely experience emotions and they, you know, it's, it's obviously better if you have control over those and some people have less control than others, but without a doubt, what makes part of the human experience, what it is, is the strong emotions that we feel. And emotions aren't just things that kind of rise up in our brain and our mind, you know, and, and that's that, and then they kind of pass, they typically lead to a reaction, right? So anger is going to lead to sometimes confrontation, right? So it's something that follows the emotion. Maybe it's that person that bumped into you in the grocery store, and now you're going to have a confrontation with that person. You know, what are you doing? Uh, you can imagine fear prompting uh, a fight or flight response, right? If that tiger's in that bush, you're either going to stay there and try to defend yourself, or you're going to run, probably usually the latter in the case of a tiger happiness, uh, you know, leads to, let's say, celebration, right? Happiness is, is this feeling, this emotion that we have, but it doesn't end there. You tend to maybe celebrate, obviously, depending on how happy you are, right? Especially if it's tied to some kind of event. So there are people and places and things in our environment that trigger us, right? Um, and and kind of like the tiger in the bush, right? There's something there that happens. It causes an emotion to rise up, and then there's usually a reaction on our part to that emotion. Um, you know, you could be walking around and maybe someone encounters, you know, an ex-partner or something, right? Uh, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend or something, and that raises emotion. Uh, you could visit a childhood home and maybe you have good feelings about that place or bad feelings about that place. Um, probably not neutral, it seems, for childhood homes, you know, because that's where you were growing up. Those are the formative years. And so you have a lot of emotional connection to those places. Uh, maybe you get a text message from a toxic coworker. I don't know. You know, there's just people, places, and things in our environment all the time, obviously, because that's what make up makes up our environment. And those can trigger us. 
right? And, and maybe it's just a little bit of a trigger, a bit of a rise of emotion doesn't lead too much, but sometimes it leads to a definite reaction. So getting triggered means someone experiences a strong emotional reaction to a particular stimulus, right, or event. Um, could be hearing a song, could be seeing an image of violence, for example, could be uh, receiving critical feedback. And because that's the case, we need to be aware that many of our actions are triggered more than they are reasoned or thought out. You know, I think a lot of us like to think that we do what we do in kind of this more deterministic sense, right? We do what we do because we make decisions in life, right? I chose to get this job. I chose to be with this partner. You know, uh, I chose to raise a family and have kids and all this kind of stuff. And, and to some extent, that's true. We are making decisions through life and those have, um, you know, consequences, right? Good and bad. But I think a lot of our actions, arguably most of our actions, are less about kind of this deterministic following through from the decisions we make and more about being triggered by our environment. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Maybe sometimes they're kind of neutral, but we have our environment and we kind of fit into that environment. It's like the turtle in the aquarium. You know, the bigger you make the aquarium, the bigger the turtle gets, apparently. I heard that once anyway. So if that's true, it's, it's this idea that, you know, if you change the environment, you're going to change the living thing's ability to adapt to it, right? They're going to change with it. And that's just true of life. That's true in biology, right? And we are, of course, part of that. Think about things like impulse buying or social media scrolling, or any kind of emotional outburst. I mean, same kind of thing, right? If you got that phone right by you, you're probably going to be scrolling a lot more on that phone than you would otherwise. Whereas if you put the phone away, you probably wouldn't. Um, you know, if you are, I don't know, walking through the mall every day, you might do more impulse shopping than, or impulse buying than if you kind of only went on the weekend or something like that. Okay, so that first point is that, you know, getting triggered means someone experiences a strong emotional reaction to a particular stimulus or event just as a kind of uh, objective truth. That is obviously true. We do get triggered by our environment. And I think it plays a very big role in how we live our lives, more so than, you know, the supposed decisions, you know, the smart decisions that we're making in life. Not that those don't play any role. Now, the second point is I want to argue that there is a good side to being triggered. So a lot of times when, when someone says they're triggered, we think about someone being triggered, it's in this negative kind of pejorative sense, right? It's like someone got offended or uh, yeah, there, there's, you, know, you had an emotional outburst and that led to a reaction. Maybe that was a confrontation. Maybe that was raising your voice. Getting triggered is kind of this negative thing, but there is a good side to being triggered. There must be because from an evolutionary perspective, we are getting triggered all the time. So obviously we evolved to get triggered by our environment. Our environment plays a very big role in how we behave. So there must be some good stuff there too. Otherwise, we would not have survived. So getting triggered, I would argue, can compel us towards positive action, right? So the term triggered, quote unquote, doesn't have to be pejorative. You know, think about things like conflict resolution. Maybe someone gets triggered by something and the emotions rise up, but that forces people to um, talk about it, right? And to kind of get into a debate or and, and maybe at first it is a little bit negative, but then eventually it leads to some kind of conflict resolution. If you didn't have that friction, you wouldn't have had that conversation, right? Uh, imagine witnessing suffering. Okay, so there's kind of a triggering there. If you witness suffering, for the most of us, for, mo for, for most people, if you're not a psychopath, you're going to feel something, right? It's going to be sad. You're going to feel that in the depth uh, of your very being because we don't like to see people suffer. And to witness that um, could increase your ability to empathize or to sympathize with individuals, maybe to get involved in charities or just to be a nicer person, whatever it is. 
there's something to witnessing suffering that could actually bring out the best in us, right? So that's uh, an example of getting triggered, but not necessarily in a bad way, right? Um, you know, sharing vulnerabilities with people, right? You kind of have to get triggered first to maybe tell people what you really think and who you really are. But now that you're doing that, you're really kind of opening the doors, opening the gateways, and you get that better sharing of information, more genuine information sharing between people, right? So w- when something triggers us, you know, we're compelled to act. It could be an emergency response, okay? Uh, you see lots of stories, you know, let's say online or something and something happens and then you've got this kind of hero that comes in Right, everyday person, you know, could just be like an everyday Joe or average Joe, but then you know ends up saving this old lady or something. There's like stories like this, and 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 we are compelled to do that because we don't want to see people suffer, we don't want to see people get hurt. Uh, you know, might not be true for all of us, but for most of us, we would kind of react like that. There are moral imperatives, right? We have value systems, we have morals that we believe life is supposed to be led by, and uh, you know, getting triggered can bring those out in us, right? Those moral imperatives. We could notice that something is not right. That's not the way the world's supposed to be. I'm getting triggered and now I have a moral imperative to maybe, uh, you know, speak my mind about it. Uh, You know, personal responsibility and duty, all this kind of stuff, right? Your, Your integrity as an individual can come out of you probably best when you are triggered because there's things in the environment that are in juxtaposition to the way that you think the world should be and now you're saying something or hopefully better doing something, right? The actions that we are compelled to take when triggered can definitely be positive. We, we, can, we can confront unresolved emotions, right? Just from an emotional perspective, that's a good thing. We can foster empathy, like I said previously. Um, you know, getting triggered can really be a catalyst for behavioral change. I think as you go through life and you keep getting triggered and then you do some introspection about those triggers and you think about why you reacted the way you did, that can be a good positive behavioral change for yourself. So it's kind of like it might be negative on a small scale, but on the larger scale, it actually ends up being a good thing. So there is a, a good side to being triggered, right? And, and getting triggered can compel us towards positive action, things that are actually good. Uh, it's not necessarily just a bad thing. It compels us to act, and that's what we need because actions, right, much louder than words, and, and that's really what's going to make our life. The resulting reaction can lead to good things. So since that's the case, you know, I'd say it's best to think of being triggered as either good or bad, depending on the situation. We shouldn't just think of, oh, that thing made my emotions rise and that must be a bad thing and I've got to have control over your emotions. Yeah, you do have to have control over your emotions. But that means being able to look upon your emotions and make good decisions based on them. It doesn't mean not to have emotions, right? So, so being triggered is not good or bad. Better, or a better way to say that, it, you know, it could be good or it could be bad, right? It's a part of being human. So. First point I made there was, you know, getting triggered means someone experiences a strong emotional reaction. We get that. The second point is that there is a good side to being triggered. It's important to appreciate that because getting triggered can compel us towards positive action. So a third point I want to make now is that, and this gets into kind of what we can do, right? We can deliberately trigger ourselves to produce good work by putting in place triggers that compel us to write, speak, draw, right? Build, create whatever it is you're doing. In other words, there's a kind of control we can have. It's not just about observing that sometimes triggers are good and sometimes triggers are bad. You should think about what you could put in place so that your work could be the best it can be because your work is going to be the best it can be, whatever the work is that we're talking about, any kind of value you want to bring. That's going to be the best, as I've talked before, when you're truly authentic, when you're truly yourself, when you really bring you 
to the environment. So how do you bring yourself to an environment? Well, you adapt to it. How does that, uh, adaptation work? Well, it, it works through stressors, right? It, it works to meeting the challenges that are in the environment and kind of filling up the space like the turtle in the aquarium, right? So we know humans are adaptive creatures, right? Just biologically speaking, you know, much more than deliberate creatures, I would argue. It's, again, it's not about, you know, we make all these wonderful decisions and that's how our life goes, you know, and, and even on the bad side of that, if your life goes bad momentarily or long-term, it's not necessarily because of the decisions you made. You know, we are adaptive creatures. We adapt to our environment. I think it's much more to do with that. Um, adaptability to, you know, in response to changes in our environment. Uh, you know, humans do this, just, just think about the human condition, right? We've been adapting to technological advancements for hundreds of years now. Um, we live in a very different modern world than what was here 100, 200, you know, thousand years ago. But we've always found a way to adapt to those technological advancements. Not perfectly, but we do adapt. We are still here. We are living and we're finding ways to make technology work for us, right? Uh, you know, not that there's no loss in that, not that there's no downside to that, but we are definitely adapting as a species. Um, you know, adapting to changing social dynamics and circumstances, you know, COVID-19 or politics change, you know, you know, a new president, whatever. There's all these different social dynamics that come to play and we adapt to them. Doesn't necessarily mean we always accept them, but we still adapt and then take it from that point forward, right? So the decisions we make uh, should actually be, I would argue, directed towards the surroundings we want to adapt to rather than specific actions we hope to take. So imagine choosing, you know, like a career environment, and that would be better than choosing a career path. You know, I've never, I've said before, I don't like the term path, right? Quote, unquote, because life isn't really like that. You know, there's no career path. And that's not to say that there aren't st some strategic decisions you can make for where to work and who to work with and what to take on as projects and this kind of stuff. But it's much more to do with choosing the environment that you want to become, choosing the environment you want to adapt into, right? Uh, you could choose a social circle based on values rather than, let's say, specific members that are going to be in that group. You could choose a bustling city to foster innovation rather than trying to be specifically innovative. You know, another thing I talk about a lot is that, you know, the best things are always byproducts, right? You don't aim for them directly, right? That's how complexity in nature, that's how systems work, is the things precipitate out as a byproduct. So it's not really about aiming towards a goal specifically. It's about putting yourself into the kind of environment that's going to foster you being the person you need to be. You know, what kind of person is going to, you know, step up to the plate and to meet those demands? And in some ways, you don't know, right? You don't really know what's all going to happen. But you know, and I say this too, your best work should surprise you, right? It's about adapting to what's around you. It's not about making, you know, super strategic deterministic decisions and, and, and to think that your life is going to follow an exact path. So deliberately choosing people, places, and things, that brings a genuine kind of control over our destiny, if that's the word you want to use, right? You think about setting and pursuing goals, well, those should be aligned with the environment that you're putting yourself in and the things that you have around you that you adapt to, right? You want to cultivate a growth mindset. It's not necessarily about, you know, buy a bunch of books on how to, you know, have a growth mindset or or make specific decisions, you know, like my last episode, right? Don't look at what your hero is doing and think that you have to make the same decisions that they're making, right? But maybe put yourself in a growth type environment and put growth things around you that are going to trigger you to grow. Because quite literally, your growth will be via adaptation. Uh, you know, the conscious choices that you make should be directed towards the environment. So we can deliberately compel ourselves as opposed to just saying, hey, we're adaptive creatures. 
whatever environment we're in, whatever's around us, we're probably going to adapt to, get some deliberate control over that. And, and, and that would allow us, does allow us to produce good work by putting in place triggers that induce us to write the right words, to speak the right words, to draw the right pictures, to paint, to sculpt, to whatever you're building, put programs together, right? All those examples I usually give, whatever it is you're creating, and you should be creating something to bring value to the world, what are your triggers? What are you putting around you so that when you sit down at that laptop or you get up on that pulpit or whatever it is, you're bringing you to the table? We are adaptive creatures. Decisions should be directed to our surroundings. We do have control if we choose what triggers us. And since that's the case, we should be asking how our work can be set up using triggers that bring our adaptive abilities to our work. Okay, so I said at the beginning, we should deliberately get ourselves triggered to do our best work. I said getting triggered means someone experiences a strong emotional reaction, right, to a particular stimulus or event. We all get that. And I said there is a good side to being triggered. It's not all pejorative. It's not all bad. Getting triggered can compel us towards positive action. Gave a bunch of examples. We can deliberately trigger ourselves to produce good work by putting in place triggers that compel us to write, speak, draw, whatever, create the things we want to create in the best way possible. We should deliberately get ourselves triggered to do our best work. And since that's the case, what matters is how we set up our work to trigger the real us. Okay? So, since we should deliberately get ourselves triggered to do our best work, then anytime we are faced with a need to create something, we should be thinking about things like visual cues, labels, keywords, writing prompts, music, working environments, and even rituals. Right, so now we're getting really specific. What can we actually put in place so that when we sit down at the laptop, get up at the pulpit, get you know whatever we're doing, when we go to do the thing that we're going to create, sit in front of that canvas. Don't stare at the blank canvas. Right, have something around the canvas or on the headset, in going in your ears, or visual inspiration around you, or something actually on the canvas itself as kind of a high level structure to begin with that is going to trigger you to adapt in that moment. There are things we can place around us to compel us to create. Imagine putting a bunch of inspiring artwork around you, whether you're an artist or not, or objects that have, you know, maybe sentimental or some other kind of meaning to you that really gets you going. Put those in your environment for powerful stimuli to creativity. Uh, you could curate spaces that actually foster a mindset of productivity and, and, and innovation. And I think tangible things are even better um, because you can touch them, you can feel them, they're arguably more triggering, right? Uh, and they're better than routines. So you can kind of differentiate between routines and rituals. Rituals are more in line with things that are tangible, right? Because a routine is a set sequence of actions or behaviors that you would perform regularly and consistently, but not necessarily without much conscious thought. But a ritual is a symbolic or ceremonial act, right? That holds personal or cultural significance. It's deeper. You feel it more. It's more triggering. We have to admit that there are that, that we are reactionary, right? As people, we are reactionary. So we've got to create the reactions we need. It's kind of like forced collaboration or forced visualization or forced debating or forced answering questions or whatever that is. And forced is not the best word. You know, I'm not into this whole kind of nudging nonsense. But the idea that you can't help but collaborate or visualize or debate or answer questions because whatever it is in front of you is triggering you to do that. And that's what's going to bring the real you out. Okay, so since we got to admit that we are reactionary, 
beings, right? Then anytime we are faced with the need to create something, we need to think about how to set up our work with rituals, routines, visual cues, cues, you know, labels, keywords, writing prompts, whatever, music, working environments to really bring ourselves to the table. You know, I think music is a really great one though, even though it's not really the tangible. Um, you know, it, it just taps into your emotional centers. And maybe this is true more for some people than others. Um, you know, writing while the music is playing is just like, it's almost like you're channeling something at that point. And you need to do that. You know, and that might not be your version, but that's a kind of trigger. You're going to adapt to the music, right? You're going to feel it deeply and, and just bring yourself in a motivational way to your work. And that's the real you. That's what you need to be doing. Um, it could be structure to writing, right? You can start with some scaffolding and maybe you're even asking yourself questions within the writing so that it prompts you to answer those questions and get your writing going. Or it could be visual cues. Um, you know, it could be something that kind of triggers you, right? It has to be something that triggers you. And, and then you look at that and you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to say, or this is what this makes me think of. It's not staring at a blank page. It's not staring at a blank canvas. It's staring at an environment that invites you in and compels you to bring yourself to the table. That's how we are meant to create. We have to create. We have to bring value by getting triggered. And since that's the case, take the time to set up your projects using triggers. Get yourself triggered. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care.